football over time. Hello and welcome to episode 4 of our podcast. The Euros are underway, Copa America has just begun and we have a lot to talk about. What's up boys? Oh, I mean boy and girl. <laughs> well, we're eating Anya's dad's birthday cake. Happy birthday, uncle. Yeah, it was really good. Oh man. And she actually brought us two. Yeah, yeah. just to make you guys jealous, there was a chocolate cake and there was blueberry tea cake. Right? Yeah, Varun acted like he knew what like, blueberry tasted, tasted like. like. <laughs> well, it was awesome, okay? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what else was awesome? The way Italy won 3 0 against Turkey in the opening Euro match. Yeah, it was a great start of the tournament. Italy were dominant uh, from the beginning. The first half was a little cagey. But in the second half, Italy shifted gears and took the game to Turkey. Turkey didn't even stand a chance, I feel. Uh, they never showed up. And the quality of, on the Italian side was evident. Yeah. And this is to remind you, it is, it was, they played without Verratti. So, they clearly have a lot left in their tank. Yeah, and the defence with Chiellini and Bunuki, they didn't seem old at all. Uh, they were literally coming all the way to the D and putting in crosses. Uh, Spinner Zola on the left-hand side was really good. He was bombing up and down throughout the game. Uh, Florenzi was a little inside. He was defensive. But that's what you expect from Italy. Yeah. Well, you know, the real standout was Insigne's goal. Oh, yeah. It was um, it was a Cavani-like curler. Yeah. Nostalgia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he actually tried it once before and it went wide. Yeah. But then the second time, it just reminded me of the way Mbappe scored against Barcelona in that, uh, I mean, unfortunately. Do we have to bring that up? I'm sorry, man. But it just reminded me of that. Well, Anya, uh, although I know you don't watch any match po- past 9 o'clock because that's your bedtime, uh, wh- what do you think about it? Uh, yeah, I was really sad that the first goal of the tournament was an own goal. Um, but, I mean, after a while, Turkey did fall back into their 18-yard area and um, clearly, I think I thought their strategy was to like you know soak up all the pressure and counter, which evidently didn't work. And with... Um, Yilmaz hopefully isolated in the front, they couldn't perform. Yeah, there was just too much space for Italy to attack. Uh, Italy's midfield were way too comfortable. Yeah. Looking forward, the result of Wales versus Switzerland did show that Italy are top contenders to finish first in their group. Yeah, on the other hand, the events in Group B were ki- were unfortunate, um, with Ericsson collapsing four minutes before half time. Uh, I think yesterday the news came that it was a cardiac arrest. And he might not be able to play later on. Um, what do you guys think? Well, first of all, we have to give immense credit to the referee who stopped the game immediately and made sure that Ericsson was given medical attention. Uh, also, the Danish teammates. Uh, and captain. Yeah, the captain uh, consoled his wife and made sure he didn't swallow his tongue when he's unconscious. It is really heroic events. And, you know, this is just like, you know, football is not just 22 men running behind the ball. It's just more than that. Yeah, it does show that, you know, there's Health. a lot of compassion during the even uh, after that the fans in the stadium the, the Danish fans were and the oh Finnish man. fans they Very were like emotional. you know supporting Ericsson, Ericsson and, and his family yes so what do you guys think do you think the match should have continued because U- UFR did give uh, Denmark an option 
and later on the da- danish coach did say that i don't think the match should have resumed obviously those are not his words but well, he, apparently erikson called the team from the hospital saying that they should go ahead and do it but come on the mental state they were in i don't think they should have forget their mental state even the finland fa- even yeah. the f- uh, finnish players didn't celebrate after what their goal in a first, first international mo- goal in yeah so this is a big thing for them, yeah, yeah. and also uh, i mean credit to finland they were very resilient during, during the game they soaked up 23 goal attempts not even letting one in and hoybier did miss a penalty so i don't think uh, well this game would not be remembered for the finish win uh, for different reasons and we all hope eriksen is safe recovery and, and has a speedy recovery moreover his um, club teammate lukaku dedicated his first goal against russia to eriksen Um, in his post-match interview, he also mentioned that um, he spends more time with Eriksson than his family. He cried a lot. Yeah, I think his message was extremely heartfelt. I got goosebumps. He went to the sideline camera and said, "Chris, Chris, I love you." And I think that's like a big move for a player. Uh, also, he said how hard it was uh, for him to come onto the pitch after such tragic events took place. the coach the belgian coach robert martinez also said that the event took place and 5 minutes later they had to go into a team meeting just imagine how hard that will be for all those belgian players over there despite this belgium put on an amazing performance against russia they were dominant from start to finish i mean honestly russia were nowhere close to the form they showed in 2018 at the world cup yeah they made two crucial mistakes which led to two goals obviously the first one being lukaku's but the belgian win did come at the cost of uh, timothy castagna's double eye socket fracture injury he is out of the tournament but um, the belgium a lot left yeah. in the tank so even azar when he came back uh, he came on in the last few minutes of the game he looked pretty lively uh, like the azar from 2018 and the world cup yeah from the guy at chelsea yeah, <laughs> yeah so We have a lot to expect from uh, Belgium this tournament, so let's see how they do. They also probably are gonna f- uh, finish, finish first. Yeah, well, Finland are the surprise in this group, though. But let's see. Well, after watching the Belgium game and Italy game, both at twelve thirty, I thought I'll crash early and you know skip the Netherlands game. I wasn't expecting that kind of thriller. Papa Vishnu. Well, the Netherlands in Ukraine game <laughs> was amazing. Let me just say that. So congratulations on your sleep. Uh, <laughs> hey, I caught up on some good sleep. But anyway, yeah, uh, the Netherlands game. Well, Netherlands controlled most of the game. I would say uh, they went two nil up. Wijnaldum was amazing. Uh, he was leading the side throughout the game, and uh, he opened the scoring for Netherlands too. But then in the second half, uh, Netherlands just slacked off uh, that twenty minutes or something, and Ukraine came back. The first goal, Yamalenko scored. Top corner, beauty. What a goal! Yeah, I thought I I never would have expected five goals in the second half. What like nil all at half time? You'd think okay, Ukraine's doing a good job of containing Netherlands, and then five, three two at full time. Yeah, it was it was amazing at two thirty at night. You're not that excited now, but <laughs> so it was amazing. And uh, I think Netherlands deserved to win. Uh, they were shaky towards the end, but. Well deserved three points. This is probably the hardest match. I mean, Austria yeah. and mm-hmm. North Macedonia are not going to give them as much trouble. Also, I think Netherlands are a little weakened without Van Dijk or Matthias Delict, and Silesen also missed out on this yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think uh, credit to Netherlands for getting these three points. Well, do you know who else got a well deserved three points? 
It's coming home. It's coming home. <laughs> I think that was a good attempt, guys. I'd give it a eight out of ten. Thank you. Well, considering that the match was at six thirty, Anya did get to watch it. Yay! Okay, so England won the opening group game at the Euros for the first time in their ninth attempt. Um, there was a lot of pre-match discussion about mainly two things. Um, the first about Trippier's position at left back. Um. But he did justify himself at the long throw at six minutes, which allowed Sterling to run their backline before feeding the ball to Foden, who almost scored. Right? I think it hit the crossbar. Uh, it hit the post. One thing I have to make very clear: Foden's new hairstyle looks bad. Not a fan. Not a fan. Apparently, Sorry. a lot of people thought he's copying Gaza, but in his interview, he said, "No, I'm not." <laughs> Whatever and whoever he's copying does not look good, Foden. Anyway. Yeah, the other interesting pre-match lineup discussion included Sterling's place in the team's opening match, as his form hasn't been good um, during club football. Um, nevertheless, he was a constant threat to Croatia's defense and converted a brilliant pass by Phillips into a stunning goal. Homeboy Sterling scores in Wembley. What a story! I know. I think also uh, Cameron Phillips did really well. Uh, he's improved this season a lot. And yeah. yeah, and I think Southgate made a really a clever decision to play him, and he has proved his point on this and made the starting eleven. So, along with this, something super interesting is Jude Bellingham, who replaced Kane. Um, at the age of seventeen, he's become the youngest player to feature in the European Championship. Credits to him. I think he played really well yesterday. Also, imagine the career this kid will have. He's younger than me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Croatia, on the other hand, worked with some. Super sustained possession, but despite some neat build-up, they were unable to score. Um, but I definitely would say that the stars of the match were England's young mid, the Rice, Phillips, and Mount, who kept Croatia and Luka Modric in check. Guys, guys, forget the England versus Croatia game. Do you see Scotland versus Czech Republic? Patrick Schick's second goal. I think top contender for goal of the tournament. I know it's early, but I'm just gonna say it anyway. Yeah, 45 yard stunner, I would say, and then what a presence of mind. He just knew where the goalkeeper was. It was just one of those goals that went in perfectly. Yeah, maybe goal of the year. Puskas over coming up. Yeah, but on the other hand, Scotland did have their chances. Dykes missed a few. Moving on from the excitement, let's go to Group E. Uh, Spain, Sweden, Milan. Yeah, Spain had a lot of the ball, 86% of possession, and they passed it around 900 times. They achieved nothing towards the end. Yeah, they had 17 shots also compared to uh, Sweden's four. I think uh, you, you could say the standout plays were by the goalkeepers mainly, saving quite a few uh, good shots, crucial shots. Yeah, I think moving forward, Spain must improve, like especially in the final third, if they really want to go deep in this tournament. Yeah. Uh, the group stage they might get through, but. Napoli faced they're going to have to do more with the ball. They played uh, two youngsters uh, notably Torres and Pedri. How you yeah, Pedri yeah, it is it's a big thing for Pedri that like, he's 18 years old I guess and he's representing Spain at the major tournament so it's a big deal uh, yeah. kudos to him. Speaking of playing like youngsters Ronaldo scored twice in the game against Hungary. Yeah, he's now the Euro top scorer of all time leading with 11 goals. Uh the match yesterday was pretty rough and Pretty brutal. I mean, uh, but first of all, it was nice to have fans back in the stadium, like full capacity, oh, yeah, 68,000 fans. Good. And I think Hungary had a huge advantage because they were playing at home. And Hungary didn't look like underdogs at all until like the 80th minute. They actually scored first, but then it was ruled offside. And then Portugal just they had the, yeah. the quality on their side. I think 
just to start the game of Hungary were looking to be aggressive to be rough against Portugal keeping that in mind i'm surprised the fi- the first yellow card came out only in the 35th minute other than that i think portugal also took time to settle in start passing the ball around initially they were a little nervy you know trying to just get that goal in and yeah when I mean, that's how portugal start all tournaments I mean, even in 2016 that's how they began their tournament and and at the end it like like i said there were too much quality on the portuguese side also uh, i think the the hungary uh, players were just tiring out i mean yeah. the coach wasn't able to make enough good changes to keep the spirits in i know there were fans but yeah i mean once you run for like 80 minutes your legs tire out I, and it was too much for them towards the end i mean the first goal was little unfortunate uh, the series of deflection in the went in and the second penalty was like unfortunate and desperate you know a desperate lunge from the defender well the third one was actually pretty good they yeah. did a couple one twos and then ronaldo nice scored yeah. yeah it was a good build up See after you run behind the ball for 90 minutes with only 30% possession and you're basically just waiting for that opportunity and then Portugal score a large ditch, large ditch effort goal and then you're just trying to get to the other goal so I think that penalty you saw it coming yeah, because it desperate. yeah they were just you know throwing the kitchen sink at it yeah i don't think hungary should be considered underdog i mean i know they are in like germany france and portugal group of that yeah but they they really show that they can give a tough time to the big boys in other in this group the other group game saw current world champions france take on germany yeah the game was pretty interesting tactically the midfield battle between uh, tony cruz and gundogan versus pogba and kanté was very interesting i definitely think pogba and kanté outweighed them well germany kept the ball for like long periods of the game yeah they did percent of the possession and kanté and pogba with like intercepting and all pogba did was put in a ball for mbappe and mbappe ran yeah that was really good and then they had two offside goals as well at the end of the match yeah i mean it's scary how france is sat back and still won 1-0 yeah i mean imagine I if they had the creativity they have and you know they literally play like expansive football the chemistry they have yeah but i don't know if i'd say it was a well deserved win yeah i mean germany didn't show much either uh, I think they need a proper out and out number 9 to you know score more goals. I think they're still getting uh, their feet in the tournament. I mean, maybe some cold feet, you know, not had too many good outings in the last few major tournaments. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there was a lot of pressure on the German side. They were playing in Munich as well. So the home support was with them, but uh, I think the next two games Germany are going to show a lot more than what they showed tonight. Something I was also wondering is how Pogba is so good with the France team versus you know how he's in Man U. I mean there are a lot of factors that play into this. I mean he plays with Kanté in yeah. the French national team and Kanté makes everyone looks good, look good. And also let let's face it, Solskjaer is not a good manager. It's time he moved on. And Didier Deschamps at France is much better man manager and I think that's what makes Pogba play so good. The passes he made today was like exquisite. The goal which uh, France scored, yeah. he just put one out for Lucas Hernandez and That that scoop was yeah uh, that like typical Pogba so yeah that's what I would say yeah Solskjaer should go out Man U has a lot of potential in their team it's just that I don't know if the way it's managed is the best yeah it's time they find the a new manager outcome. yeah okay now that we're done with the Euros everybody speak in a very monotonous boring manner because that was how the commentary and the match went in Copa America dude compared to the Euros is so boring the first of all the timing okay like we can't watch any of the games. And on top of that, there's not much. It's an empty little. stadium. Okay, you can literally hear the manager shouting at some player over yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, Barcelona, come on, man! You're supposed to be happy. Messi scored like an insane. I'm not going to complain about that. Come on, Messi's free kick is like 
And then penalty save also. I think that goalkeeper is also they've got a good one. Yeah, they're improving. I mean, there's a lot to look forward to from Argentina also this time. Uh, Brazil started out the tournament pretty well. Look, four of the teams will qualify in each group. So (laughs) we'll talk about Copa America and the knockout phase. But (laughs) interestingly, you know, Venezuela had to bring on had eight players who were COVID positive, and the coach had to bring on some ten odd. Yeah, I know. For the match against Brazil, so obviously it was no surprise Brazil won. It was so it's messed up down there in Copa America, right? Yeah, now. it's unfortunate. I personally think the we spoke about this earlier about how the tournament shouldn't even have gone on. Yeah. But now that it has, um, I think we only have to look forward to it after post the group stage because yeah. the group stage. I mean, even uh, though. Argentina did draw yesterday. I think they're gonna easily yeah. make it in. So four out of five. Like, come on, change the tournament format. Guys, I know this is like a football podcast and stuff, and Varun is really mad at me right now. But I will still say this. Um, so Djokovic won his nineteenth Grand Slam. Uh, he battled down from two sets to defeat. Stefano Chichipas, and he's the first Greek player to reach the finals. I don't know why, but I'm super happy. Sonia, are you done? Yes. Okay. okay. Bringing it back home, the Blue Tigers had two matches in the Asia Cup qualifiers. Uh, they beat they, Bangladesh and they got a lucky draw against Afghanistan. Qualified for the Asia Cup. Come on, let's go. Come, yeah, India played really well against Bangladesh in the 2 0 win. Chetri scoring both. Let me just say this we compare Ronaldo and you know how awesome he is physically and stuff. Chetri is 35. Yeah. He doesn't have the physique Ronaldo has. He doesn't have that height. The training methods are different. The systems are different. But and still, this guy. Are different. Yeah, still, this guy is competing with the likes of Lionel Messi at the international level. So please, Chatri, continue playing as long as you can. Yeah, but also as we saw, the Indian coach keeps bringing on youngsters, keeps pushing them, and keeps having faith in them. And I think that's why Chatri was taken off early against Afghanistan. India clearly got lucky. I think Afghanistan would have easily gone away with a one-nil win, but. Go, yeah, we'll take that draw. We'll silly, take that draw. silly mistake. Go Blue Tigers! Yeah, yeah. Start following some Indian football. I will, I will. Okay, so last thing, um, do follow our Instagram handle. We've put it in the description. Bye, guys! Bye!